Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose podcast, where we teach Christian entrepreneurs how to build a strong foundation of faith, growth, and skill to lead and thrive on purpose in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, certified coaches, Elizabeth and Sebastian Richard. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Thriving on Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Sebastian Richard. And I'm Elizabeth Richard. And uh, this week, we're going to be talking about a subject that I would say is somewhat controversial uh, in the church at large. And it's about the Sabbath. The title of this week's episode is Remember the Sabbath Day to Keep It Holy. It's actually verbatim from Scripture. 10 Things Christian Entrepreneurs Need to Know About the Sabbath. And we think you'll agree with us and be surprised as you see just how important it is to take a day off every week. It is important, but nonetheless, it is not really practiced. I was surprised to read that a recent poll of 2,000 pastors revealed that less than 10% are keeping a regular Sabbath. Now think about this for a moment. If 90% of pastors announced from the pulpit that murder or stealing or adultery is okay, don't you think it might raise a few eyebrows in the pews, let alone in the press? You know, it's true, Jesus freed us from temple and sacrificial laws, okay? These were nailed to the cross. But nowhere does the Bible say that we get a pass on moral laws. All of the moral laws are still in effect. Christ is especially clear that we must honor the top ten, which are the Ten Commandments. And whether we like to admit it or not, the Sabbath is part of the Ten Commandments. Okay? And whether we like to admit it or not, we live in a post-Christian era, which means we used to live in a Christian society, but that time is now past. It is quite obvious. And I remember when I was a kid, when I was about a 13 or 14 years old, before that, I think 12 years old, everything was closed on Sunday. Sunday was perceived and honored as the day of the Lord. And people respected that. Businesses respected that. It was part of our tradition. It was part of our way of life. And then, in the mid-80s, Things changed. Sunday rest began to be seen as a hindrance to make more profits. So, as the love of money would have it, that's when we as a society did away with the weekly sabbatical... Sabbatical? (laughs) The weekly sabbatical day (laughs) of rest as a people. So, we basically took that rest, that let's close all the stores, let's just be with our families, let's go to church on Sunday as a, you know what, let's not do that anymore. Let's open the stores, let's make more profits, it's just one more day, and let's make it like all the other days and make more money and use it to make more money. Remember, guys, the love of money is the root of all evil. And when, as a society, we decided to forego what we as a Christian society had honored for so long as the Sabbath day, Uh, that was a bad sign. That was an indication of where we were headed as a society. 
So in today's episode, we're going to look at 10 things that Christian entrepreneurs need to know about the Sabbath. Here's the number one thing you need to know about the Sabbath. Number one, it's a commandment, not a suggestion. Exodus 20 verses 8 to 11, that's the Ten Commandments, it says this, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So the first reason why you should honor the Sabbath is because God ordered us to do so. Period. I mean, if you do that for this reason alone, if you say, I'm going to honor the Sabbath just because God said we should, well, you would be better off than most right from the get-go. That should be your main motivator as a Christian entrepreneur because there's always the word Christian before entrepreneur in the term Christian entrepreneur. And if you believe God, you should believe His Ten Commandments and you should believe that they are still in effect. Okay, so first of all, it's a commandment. Absolutely. And that brings us to number two. It attunes us to His rhythm. So, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but He rested on the seventh day. It's, it's pretty powerful when you think that the Lord rested on the seventh day, and a lot of entrepreneurs don't even want to take one day off, like, yeah, <laughs> as no. if they're more powerful than God and, you know, are able but God, to. God could have kept going, but He knew beforehand He was going to implement the Sabbath, so, so He made it His duty to take that break so that he would later implement it and say, look, I did it, so you're going to do it. Exactly, as an example. So we rest on the seventh day because we because he rested on the seventh day. It serves to remind us who made us, where we come from, and it gives us a healthy life rhythm. So God is a God of rhythm, cycles. Human beings are beings that have rhythm. We have a heart rate. We have sleep patterns and wake times. The earth has night and day seasons. God's creation has a continuous rhythm. Mm -hmm. Being made in his own image implies we have a similar rhythm. Six days of work, one day of rest. Six days of work, one day of rest. And on and on. It's also interesting to note that God gave a similar rhythm in the earth and in the way we should live. Rhythm, guys. Rhythm. The earth needs a Sabbath rest as well. In Leviticus 25, 3-5, we read, For six years sow your fields, and for six years prune your vineyards, and gather their crops. But in the seventh year, the land is to have a year of Sabbath rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. Do not sow your fields or prune your vineyards. Do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the grapes of your un." 
untended vines. The land is to have a year of rest. So God implemented the Sabbath rest, it, it seems, in all of creation. That's amazing. Exactly. And in verse 21 of the same chapter, we have the objection that many Christians may bring up about the Sabbath. Whether weekly or yearly, you may ask, what will we eat in the seventh year if we do not plant or harvest our crops? And God answered this concern this way. I will send you such a blessing in the sixth year that the land will yield enough for three years. While you plant during the eighth year, you will eat from the old crop and will continue to eat from it until the harvest of the ninth year comes. In other words, God is saying, if you have faith and do what I ask, you will lack nothing. You will be filled. That is amazing. I love that. How God takes the objection and say, no, 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 don't worry. If you do what I ask, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to give you so much abundance, you won't have to worry. Right. You, you will be filled. You won't have to worry about what your land will yield. So that, that's amazing. No farmer, I don't think any farmers do that. It's in Canada anyway. And in the U.S., I doubt it too. I mean, we over plant our, our the earth, the soil and everything. We, we overuse it. So that's why we need all, to put all these... Um, additives in the soil and the, yeah. uh, you know more and more uh, uh, minerals and all that because the soil you know becomes weaker and weaker it loses its its strength and its flavor so that's why we need to add so much stuff because we don't respect the seventh year which serves to replenish the soil another very interesting sabbatical practice was the cancellation of debt every seventh year among the israelites now this is god's financial rhythm in Deuteronomy 15, verses 1 and 2, we read, At the end of every seven years, you must cancel debts. This is how it is to be done. Every creditor shall cancel any loan they have made to a fellow Israelite. They shall not require payment from anyone among their own people, because the Lord's time for canceling debts has been proclaimed. So, why did God order debts to be canceled, you ask? Well, the answer might surprise you. It is found in verses 4 to 6, and here's what it says. There need be no poor people among you, for in the land the Lord your God is giving you to possess as your inheritance, He will richly bless you, if only you fully obey the Lord your God and are careful to follow all these commands I am giving you today. For the Lord your God will bless you as He has promised, and you will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. You will rule over many nations, but none will rule over you. In other words, God is saying, If you do what I command, you will have no need to fret. There will be no poor people among you. That doesn't mean there won't be uh, people who are richer than some. But what he means is there will be no people lacking food, lacking daily, uh, their daily needs met. As a society, he was telling the Israelites, if you do my, if you obey my laws, here's what's going to happen. You're going to be fine. Everybody's going to be fine. They'll have three square meals a day. Okay. That's amazing. That, that is really amazing. As a side note on debt cancellation, have you noticed how the elite who rule this wicked world system have perverted this very commandment. We know that they charge very high interest, which is forbidden in Scripture. But to add insult to injury, instead of forgiving debt every seven years, 
they prevent those who undergo bankruptcy from borrowing for seven years following their bankruptcy. So they kind of took that biblical principle and twisted it around in a most devilish way. Instead of canceling the debt every seven years, mm. they twisted it around and said, oh, you, you went bankrupt? You can't borrow for the next seven years. Isn't that wicked? And that's how they willingly choose to pervert the Word of God. I'm, I'm going on a tangent here, but I just thought it'd be interesting to mention that. Nevertheless, keeping the Sabbath keeps us in tune with Him. It keeps us humming at the same rhythm as Him and His creation. So God implemented a rhythm, a rhythm in His creation, a financial rhythm, a um, planting and, and, and reaping and sowing uh, rhythm. And, of course, a weekly rhythm for us human beings to get rest. Exactly. And that brings us to number three, which is the meaning of the word itself. So the Sabbath is a Hebrew word which means to rest or to cease. When the Bible tells us that God rested on the seventh day, it's not because he was tired. It is because he ceased his work of creation. Likewise for us, the Sabbath is meant to be a cessation of our regular work, whatever that may be. If you are a farmer, you don't farm on the Sabbath. If you are a network marketer, you don't network on the Sabbath. If you own a store, yes, it should be closed on that day. I know for a lot of us, you know, we have home businesses. Sometimes it's easier to network on, mm. on Sunday or on Saturday, whatever day you choose to be your Sabbath. Um, because you're thinking, oh, well, there's people that are home, you know, they're not working, it's easier for me to contact them. Well, you, you know that if you start networking, next thing you know, you end up working, and next thing you know, you lost two hours of your Sabbath, and so on. Yeah. And you didn't spend time with your family, and on and on and on, you didn't rest. So, um, you know, sometimes we think, oh, there's no big deal, just... Let me just go on the internet just a little bit. And yeah, check you think my you're going to be there two minutes, you're there two hours. Check my messages, or maybe you have a team, and then you're like, uh, you know, extinguishing fires and helping out people because you feel like, oh my gosh, they're gonna, they're never going to, you know, figure out the answers without me, and I have to help them. And next thing you know, you did, <laughs> you worked two, three hours, and that wasn't the plan. So the plan, exactly. don't open that door if it's a Sabbath. You know, explain to your your team, explain to those that are working with you. Uh, what day that you do take off with your family and spend time with God and, you know, that it's a personal time for you and they're going to just get used to the fact that you're not available on that day and they're going to work around, you know, they're going to know in advance so they'll just bother you and, and work with you when they know that you're available. Yes, yeah, so, so like Liz makes a valid point here. I mean, oftentimes we reason it away, you know, oh, but I won't be long or I won't, I won't take too much or... And, you know, it's, it's very, we live in a culture where uh, honoring the Sabbath is counterintuitive because the culture is so profit-minded and so um, hurry, 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 do it, do it, do it, work, work, work. When you start honoring the Sabbath, uh, you realize just how counterintuitive it is. And it can be hard. And oftentimes we reason it away saying like, uh, I don't know, that's impossible. If I operate like this, I risk going out of business. My competitors don't stop work a full day a week. And, and you might think like that, you know. And those are the justifications we give ourselves to not do it. Or you might be thinking if, 
uh, you're in marketing or you're in direct sales or whatever, you're in a home business or maybe you work through the internet online, you might be thinking, well, that's the only day that I can reach people or I'm going to miss sales because I'm not marketing on that day. But you're not realizing that you're kind of pushing yourself physically as well by doing that, by always you know, being available seven days a week. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that, uh, at the physical part. It's important to mention. We will. Yeah. But first of all, when it comes to your competitors, yeah, you may be reasoning away. Well, well, uh, maybe you're thinking about your competitors or maybe you're thinking about your clients. I'm going to lose customers. Oh, if I'm closed on that day or yeah. if I don't do it on that day, if I don't. First of all, if your competitors don't take a day off a week, it's their loss. It's not yours. Now, secondly, the God you claim to serve requires that you rest one day a week. Now, as we mentioned earlier, it's not a suggestion, it's a commandment. Thirdly, the Sabbath rest is perhaps one of the greatest tests of faith for today's Christian entrepreneur. Why? Well, by intentionally choosing to honor the Sabbath in 2018, a believer is basically saying, or even praying, Lord, everything in this fallen world around me is telling me that not working on the Sabbath is, is going to ruin me. But Lord, in spite of that, I trust you. I believe you have my best interest at heart. I believe that if I obey you, you'll have my back. And that is more than enough. That's what you're saying as a Christian entrepreneur who chooses intentionally to honor the Sabbath. Yeah, exactly. And I believe that the blessings will follow this. And that's what I wanted to say when I was um, explaining earlier is that um, a lot of us, you know, are in a rush, you know, to get forward in our business. And we feel like if we take that time, we're going to be behind and we're not going to catch up or we're not going to sign enough people in our business or you know maybe it's the end of the month and it's this and it's that and then there's all these excuses that you feel like you're in this race that never ends but what ends up happening is that you run out of gas a lot faster so you know the people that are successful in their business understand this law understand this principle whether they're a christian or not they do apply a day of rest because they understand that they're not going to get ahead if they don't rest they're actually like you know fine-tuning themselves physically mm -hmm. they're recharging they're, they're 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 putting themselves in a position of peak performance exactly and spiritual as well it's not just physical it's also spiritual um it's mental it's spiritual energizing. it's physical it's on all fronts i mean it's such a benefit exactly so point number four it is a holy day the commandment says, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Remember it to keep it holy. So God made the Sabbath holy. By honoring and remembering it, we keep it that way. But what does the word holy mean? Holy means set apart unto God. It means it belongs to God. So, when the Bible tells us to keep the Sabbath holy, it basically tells us to keep that day set apart from the others. It means that when you stop work on that day, you are recognizing your Maker. You are honoring His commandment. And you are recognizing His reign 
over your day-to-day. I also find it interesting that God is saying we should keep it holy, the way He made it holy. We have the power to defile it or keep it holy by honoring it. Mm. God is telling us, I have set this day apart, keep it so, honor it. Keep it holy as individuals, as families, as a society. Now it is obvious that we have grossly failed to keep it holy as a society. Nevertheless, we can still aim to keep it holy as individuals. Amen to that. Point number five that you need to remember to know about the Sabbath. Jesus and the disciples kept the Sabbath. In Luke chapter 4, verse 16, we read about Jesus. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. So in other words, he did it constantly. And in Luke chapter 23, verses 55 and 56, we read after the burial of Jesus, what happened. And the women also which came with him from Galilee, followed after and beheld the sepulcher and how his body was laid. And they returned and prepared spices and ointment and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. According to the commandment. So they rested, so they honored the, uh, these women honored the Sabbath day according to the commandment. It was part of their custom. And there are other instances, I won't go through all the verses, um, but there are other instances where we are reminded that the uh, apostles honored the Sabbath, that Paul honored the Sabbath, and on and on. Which brings us to point number six. And then there's the point of contention. I'm not going to go in full detail about it, but which day is the Sabbath? Theologians, church folk, especially in recent years, I've noticed a spike in uh, Saturday observers. And that has caused some friction in certain congregations and and in Christianity and online debates and all that. Which day is the true Sabbath? There are many different calendars that scholars agree and disagree upon as to what the original Hebrew calendar would be today. Some say it should be based on the cycles of the moon, while others say it should be based on the cycles of the sun. And even among those who agree over sun and moon, they still disagree over what the exact cycles are. All this to say, it is very debated among those who seek to honor the true biblical Sabbath based on the true biblical calendar. I'm afraid that much of this knowledge has been kind of lost in translation. Uh, We've established many different calendars throughout the centuries. Now we are under the Gregorian calendar. And obviously under the Gregorian calendar that most of us uh, live our lives, the seventh day is Saturday, okay? So you can make a solid case that the Sabbath is Saturday, according to the Gregorian calendar. Others still hold to the case for Sunday, because according to tradition, Jesus rose on a Sunday, and Pentecost fell on a Sunday. And because of those important events in early Christianity, uh, they began honoring the first day of the week. Okay, so that's why Sunday observance began. However, when you do some more profound scriptural study, you might realize that this is not entirely accurate. Nonetheless, I mean, if it's Sunday for you and you've been doing it for for generations on Sunday, which is fairly typical in in the Western world, uh, and if your family still does it on on Sunday and you have a conviction that it's fine to do it on Sunday, keep doing it. I mean, just... 
just honor God one day a week. That's the that's what I'm trying to say here, okay? Um, and, and to be honest, I believe, personally, you ask me my personal opinion, I believe it's Saturday. I believe the Sabbath should be honored on Saturday. But it's kind of been lost in translation. And what I'm saying here is because of all these calendars that were implemented throughout the centuries, we kind of lost a sight of what the true, true seventh day is. And if some of you want to go deeper, I don't want you to take my word for it. Like when I say it's Saturday, uh, some of you might already believe it's Saturday. Others among you might do it on Sunday. And I'm not, I don't want to start a fire or an argument here. Okay. But if some of you want to go deeper and really, really understand the biblical calendar, I highly recommend the work of Zen Garcia. Zen Garcia is a great researcher. He's done uh, quite a few videos uh, on YouTube on the subject of the Sabbath and how to identify which days are the Sabbath. And this can enable you to get a good grasp on the whole matter, which in my opinion is kind of complicated, it's complex, and it's not something I felt called towards um, personally. Um, but it, it can be something that might stir up in you as, as you listen to this and say, you know what, uh, I believe it's Saturday or I believe it's Sunday and I want to go deeper and, and, and really uh, have a conviction for myself. You want to do that? Go right ahead. Don't take my word for it and do your own study and don't believe me. Go for it. Do your studies and get a conviction from the Lord on the matter. So that brings us to number seven. So who was the Sabbath intended for, Sebastian? Very simple. It was intended and made for man, as in men and women, mankind, okay? In Mark chapter 2, verses 23 to 27, we read this uh, very interesting part of Jesus' uh, ministry. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, and I always find that so interesting because wherever Jesus went, these guys were always following close by, like observing and trying to catch him. They just wanted to catch him. <laughs> I really dislike, I dislike, I think they're crooks. I dislike them very much. But anyway, the Pharisees said to him, it's like, they're walking through a field of grains. You're like, where are these guys? Like, are they following through the, green, the grain fields? They're like, where were they standing? Anyway, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? <laughs> he answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, Pay attention, this is good. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Now I could talk about all the implications of this very, very powerful passage for a whole episode and then some. I mean, this is a huge chunk of theology in there and we, we could uh, really delve deep, but that's not the, the purpose of the episode. The purpose of the episode is really to show you guys what we need to know about the Sabbath, how important it is, right? And what stands out in this passage to me is that Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So what does that mean? It's very simple. When God made the Sabbath, he made it for you, not against you. So if there are some among you who are listening to this episode and reasoning things like, I just can't keep the Sabbath, it overcomplicates my life, or it's an Old Testament law, 
and we're not under the law anymore. If, if you're reasoning like that within you, then you're really missing the whole point. God, in his love and provision for you, saw the necessity for you to refresh your body and your mind once a week through much-needed rest. The God who created man, okay, the maker, knew that man has limited amounts of energy to function to peak capacity. So therefore he implemented the Sabbath. The same way he made water, air, food, and sleep for the body, he implemented weekly rest for your body, mind, and soul once a week. So God made the Sabbath day for your well-being. Let me repeat that, Christian entrepreneur. God made the Sabbath day for your well-being. It has been proven that sufficient quantity and quality of rest pays benefits in better memory, healthier immune function, healthier weight, relief for depression, stress management, improved energy, longevity, and curbing inflammation that is linked to heart disease, stroke, diabetes, and arthritis. So getting enough sleep matters. Having sufficient rest matters. Having downtime matters. The Sabbath matters for you. Liz is smiling as she's... Cause I, th <laughs> I think she, she knows why I'm... Because it's, it's really a question of health. God said this for you. It's for your own good. Because he's your maker and he knows what you need. So never forget that. Absolutely. So that brings us to number eight. It is good for the whole family and community. Okay, so we know that most communities uh, don't follow the Sabbath, and even if they do, they probably don't do it in unison. For the most part in the West, we live in a world that has thrown out the holy things of God. For others, it's on Sunday, and for others, on Saturday. So that leaves you and your family. That leaves you and your family, yeah, exactly. And the commandment says it this way, okay? The seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. So we could render this passage in this way. This is kind of a paraphrase, okay? The seventh day is a day of rest. You shall not work, and neither shall your family members, neither shall your employees, and neither shall your guests, which is said to be the stranger within your gates. And don't even try to make your beasts work for you. Of course, we don't, uh, unless we're farmers, we don't uh, use uh, cattle or, or animals to do our work for us. But uh, some people hire um, virtual assistants. So you don't want to make them work on Sabbath too. Like you might be like, oh, I'm going to rest, but I'm going to ask my virtual assistant to do it. <laughs> my virtual assistant that I've hired somewhere else and they're going to do it. And it's going to be okay. So you don't want to make others sin in your stead, right? I mean, if, if, if something you want to honor, well, make sure that the people around you do it as well. You don't want to bring them into sin because you're trying to rest, okay? I think it's an important point. And many uh, entrepreneur uh, parents complain that they have a hard time making, uh, making time for their kids during the week or, you know, on weekends. So yes, this can be a huge challenge. And we did a previous podcast 
that was titled uh, A Survival Guide for Entrepreneurs with Children. That was episode 11. So if you guys want to see, want to listen to that, I urge you to do it. It was very good. And we tackle in this podcast this very problem where entrepreneurs don't have much time for their families and they neglect their parental duties sometimes. And it's, it's hard. Uh, or sometimes because they have kids, it's harder to do what they set out to do. So we give you guys a system in that episode to help you with that. Nevertheless, here's what we found, okay? Honoring the Sabbath is one of the best ways to make time for your family. I mean, us as parents, our kids get excited on Saturdays because they know they'll be spending more time with mommy and daddy, okay? They keep us accountable because they know that that's our day. That's the day where we rest, where we don't work. And uh, if we dare do anything that remotely resembles work on the Sabbath, like grab our iPhones or go on our computer, they tell us. I mean, if I go on a computer to order a pizza, that's okay with them. But if I go on the <laughs> computer to do any kind of work or writing or anything that is remotely busy, they're going to say, Dad, you're supposed to be spending time with us today. And they hold us accountable to it. And I love it. I mean, I love that because it's become a family thing. And everybody benefits from it. We benefit from it as individuals getting the rest we need. But our kids benefit from it because they get our full attention on that day. Exactly. Right, Liz? Absolutely. They're very quick to tell us. <laughs> they are quick to tell us. <laughs> and like I said, you can get easily trapped in that the minute you touch your iPhone. <laughs> oh, it's easy. Oh. Then uh, you can think of uh, 10 different things that you need to do. And, and also, you know, it just doesn't help you rest mentally. Because when you have that in your mind, oh, I should do this. Oh, I have to do this. Oh, uh, let me write this down. You know, like you should uh, ideally the day before, you know, have jotted down what you need to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether you decide to to start work on the Monday, whatever day you decide to, to rest. Be, to be ready to hit the ground running when it's time to get back to work. Exactly. So that you rest mentally. You should take a lot of notes on your to-do list and have a, a good planner and everything so that you know that you won't forget anything and that there's nothing stuck in your mind that you, oh, what if I forget? What And uh, that, that way you do not grab your phone and you try to really respect that day and take a mental break. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's, it's so beneficial for the, for the family. I mean, if you have a hard time making time for your kids during the week, well, you know, when you know, when you honor the Sabbath, you know that even if it's been a rough week and you didn't spend enough time with them, you know Saturday's coming or Sunday's coming and that you're going to be with your kids and spending quality time with them and being there for them. And, you know, you might decide for your your own convictions that you want to take the Saturday. And we all know that most churches, you know, function on the Sunday. And that's okay too. You know, you can you can choose to do it that way as well. Sometimes uh, we we like to do it that way as well so that, you know, Maybe in the United States, it's more popular to have churches on Saturday, but here uh, where we are, it's mostly on Sundays. So. Well, there are a few denominations who, who do it on Saturday, and most denominations uh, are still Sunday practitioners. But and it's it, even if they're Sunday practitioners, they don't necessarily teach it as a practice that that commandment, which is mm. you know they're going to say go to church on Sunday, but uh, then they're going to mow the lawn or start I don't know cutting wood and. <laughs> <laughs> It's not really a day, like for, for most, you know, red-blooded Americans and Canadians, it, it's still Sunday. But uh, like I said, do your own study and get your own conviction on the matter. Yeah, so that brings us to number nine. It is forever. 
We previously saw how the Sabbath is not a suggestion, but a commandment. Another thing that many Christians might not know is that the Sabbath is good for us forever. It didn't cease with the coming of Christ. It wasn't nailed to the cross. It's still in effect. It is to be a sign between God and his people. It distinguishes us. In Exodus 31, 13, it says, You must observe my Sabbaths. This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come, so you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. Yeah, I love how that passage, is, uh, that passage says, For the generations, plural, to come. For the generations to come. So it's, it's binding forever. And Exodus uh, chapter 31, verse 17, just a little lower, says, it is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. So he says, it is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. And, and we know, like many people believe, that the church has been grafted onto Israel, so the church now included in that whole package. So it's a sign. It's something that, it's a, a sign between us and God, but it's also a sign for others to see us as honoring God, okay? And in the New Testament, you know, you think that's only Old Testament? Oh, it's only in the Old Testament. Uh, yeah, well, in the New Testament, we read in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God, okay? Which brings us to number 10, the final thing we need to know about the Sabbath. It will bring mighty blessings your way. Here's a great promise from God about honoring the Sabbath. It's found in Isaiah chapter 58, verses 13 and 14. It's a great promise from God. It says, If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way, and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And I love how God in this passage really knows man's heart and mind, right? I mean, he kind of like calls us on all the attitudes of the heart that we might have surrounding the Sabbath. When he says, uh, if you keep from doing as you please, or um, if you call the Sabbath a delight and not a burden, right? Sometimes we say, I don't want to do nothing. I, I got things to do. And, and we kind of grumble our way into the Sabbath. That's, that's wrong. And if you see it as an honorable day, and if uh, you don't go your own way. So, so God knows the temptations in our hearts and minds as we approach the Sabbath, how sometimes we might want to go around it and not honor it. So it's kind of cool how this in this passage it is phrased and it shows our weaknesses and how God has uh, said, I know how you guys think, but here, here's the thing. If you do it the right way, if you honor my Sabbath the right way, here's what I'm going to do for you. It's beautiful, beautiful passage. Right, absolutely. And God wants to bring great blessing to those who enjoy and honor the Sabbath to keep it holy. And we believe this includes blessings to you, Christian entrepreneurs. We believe that if you make this step of faith, no matter how counterintuitive, 
God will bless you and your family. You will lack nothing. And um, what I was trying to say earlier is that because we live in such times where, uh, you know, it might not be like you might have the conviction after your research that it's a Saturday, but your church is open on Sunday. And, you know, for because you want to follow that church because of the beliefs that you have, um, you could always do both. You could still sure. honor the Sabbath and, you know, Uh, keep it holy keep that day you know with and no you, work and, and you rest do, you can do church on sunday exactly. and then at, and then at noon okay it's uh, back to work i have things to do it's you know you, you can choose to, to work on sunday that's fine I exactly mean, if it you doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be you know yeah you don't need to change religion you don't need to necessarily change religion but if i mean it's it's a question of conviction i mean you know the bible says whether is not the fruit of conviction is a sin right so follow your convictions and follow them fully follow them to where god wants to lead you okay And before we conclude, I kept, I guess, I wouldn't say the best for last, but I kept something really good for to, to end that podcast about the, the Sabbath rest. It's a clip I want to share with you guys. It's a clip where Devon Franklin, who is Devon Franklin? Well, he is a highly successful Christian entrepreneur who has made a name for himself, guess what, as a Hollywood movie producer. I know this sounds contradictory, but once you get to know Franklin De uh, Devon Franklin, You understand just how much God is important to this man. And uh, he's written some good books. And I've heard uh, some of his talks. And I mean, the guy is really, really inspira an inspiration for Christian entrepreneurs. Because he, he, he's, he's all out for God. And he's in a, in a setting where he's basically a sheep among wolves. I mean, Hollywood is far from holy, right? And uh, Devon Franklin is a light and darkness over there. And uh, he's also a preacher. He's also a lay preacher. Uh, so he, he's funny because when you, you search his name on YouTube, you find him talking about business as much as you find him preaching the gospel or, or doing powerful sermons. <laughs> and I think we need a lot of Christian entrepreneurs like this because he's uh, produced a lot of good Christian movies. Good, powerful movies. Uh, Heaven is for Real and uh, Miracles from Heaven with Jennifer Garner, which I loved and the kids loved too. It was a really good movie if you guys haven't seen it. I recommend you uh, you look at it with your, your kids. It's a great inspirational movie. Uh, so the clip is him. He's talking. And uh, I think you guys are going to find this extremely insightful and inspirational. So listen to Devon Franklin as he talks about what he believes has made him a success. I've been in Hollywood for, for 18 years as a Christian, working on movies like Pursuit of Happiness, Karate Kid, and most recently, Heaven is For Real. In our life, we are running, we are trying to multitask, we are so busy, and we think the busyness is productivity. Stop. The Bible says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. It's really, really important to take that time out. The Sabbath has been the key to my success. Why? Because I'm able to take time and rest. Things that I normally would do during the other six days of the week, I don't do on Sabbath. You think, oh my goodness, are they going to fire me if I take some time off? Every job I take, I let them know before I take the job that Sabbath observance is really, really important to me. Because when you put your faith on the table, you let your employer know that there's something beyond money, something beyond position that is more important to you. 
If you, you know, are so into your texting and your, and your, your iPhone and your, your Instagram and your emails and all of these things, I would challenge you to start observing Sabbath. You want your career, your life, and your relationships to go to the next level? Take time out and watch what happens. Okay, we're back. So you saw how he is all out for God. He no compromise. His faith is the most important thing in his life. And you know what? I'm not trying to elevate Devon here. I'm just trying to say, guys, we are Christian entrepreneurs just like him. We should be the same. We should be all out for God too. God should be the priority. What he says should be the priority in our lives. And, and for that to happen, you need to have that mind shift where you understand that what he asks is not arbitrary. But what he asks, when you do it, will bring mighty blessings. Okay, that's the attitude you should have. You should have the attitude of, my God shall supply all my needs with glory in Christ Jesus, especially if I honor the Sabbath. Amen. Very well said. So this concludes today's episode. We hope that you enjoyed it and that you're going to share it with your friends and bless them as well. And if you'd like to um, leave us a review on iTunes, uh, you can look up Thriving on Purpose on iTunes and leave us a review. Let us know what you're, how you're um, enjoying this podcast. This will really uh, help us. Yeah, if you've received, if you receive from Thriving on Purpose, and you'd like to give back because you receive so much from it, hey, the best way to give back: leave a review. Absolutely, it's much appreciated. And if you didn't sign up to our email list, uh, you can sign up at, on thrivingonpurposepodcast.com. And that way you just put in your email and you'll get each episode as they come out straight to your inbox so you don't miss anything. So we wish you a great week. Be blessed. And thrive on. Thanks for listening to the Thriving on Purpose podcast. Be sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com to access the show notes and to discover more fantastic content. Until next time, be blessed and may you thrive on purpose.